0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled babbe com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about RotoBaller.com. Win big in 2022 with RotoBaller.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use RotoBaller's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 125. As usual, we'll recap the Week in Fab, the Week 7 Week in Fab part for the NFBC. And uh got some listener questions, and, and we'll talk desserts and some other cool stuff. We'll leave Little league alone this oh, week. Man. We'll leave them alone. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at BDNTrick, and my host is always on Twitter, at Bat Flip Crazy. Toby, how we doing, man?
2: Uh, we're doing pretty, pretty well, Bubba. You know, just... Good. Just keeping on, keeping on um, at this point in time. So, yeah, nothing too exciting to report. I've got my Twins hat on today. Couldn't really think of a good reason to put any of the hats on. I mean, I guess Jorge Polanco and Byron Buxton are are a good enough reason. So, we'll see. Maybe Buxton's on the lineup today, though. So, we'll see. That's actually kind of interesting. Like, like they're really managing him. And he had a quote where he said, like, the 100-game thing. The 100-game thing. Yeah, and you're like oh well it was really cool like if you did 100 games at one time and then like you were injured you know and we could put put somebody else in the lineup but that's kind of a different story so that'll be interesting to see how it plays out
1: yeah it's gonna be fun to monitor that because yeah he came out and said things and then a couple other players on the twins mentioned it like they fully support the way they're kind of monitoring his knee situation like days off and everything so that's going to be a headache because it's like, you know, you're going to play them, but you got to like, now you go into it going, okay, can you play five games this week? Hopefully. Like that's what you're it's, it's going to be a mess because you're not going to sit Buxton too often. Let's put it that way. And um so that'll be very, very interesting to see how that one plays out. But that was a fun quote today. Indeed. Plus all the injuries that are going on. So it's been a fun, fun. It's just, it's always it's baseball, baby baseball, but uh week seven, let's talk some fab because we had some prospect time and we got some money spent around baseball and it got kicked off with one george kirby george kirby and we're doing the online as usual picked up in 196 leagues that would be all of them folks max bid of 550 but you know onlines are great because he went as low as 17 dollars in some leagues 17 whole dollars somebody and got those him those for the, 17 bucks those are the leagues where like people it's like i, I say keep modest bids like my keep modest bids like 120 122 and i don't do that very often that was my keep modest bid like okay if he falls i'll, I'll take him there would have blown my mind. I would have been like, okay, sure. So uh with when it comes to Kirby, we know the stuff's electric, he was tearing up the minor leagues. He had an okay start his last time out, but his debut against Tampa Bay was just awesome. And that's what got him picked up. So what's your thoughts on George Kirby? Because man, with these prospects, like it's great, but you're already gonna have an innings limit. And is like how sustainable is it? So many questions because we saw Logan Gilbert last year have a roller coaster ride, and he's very, very good too. So what's your thoughts on Kirby?
2: Yeah. I mean, I liked Kirby a lot. Um, Even before he was brought up, he was kind of a guy that I was eyeing and interested to see when he was going to come up because, you know, the results have been incredible in the minor leagues. He has really good control. You know, the highest walk rate he had in the minors, I think was like 6.4%. And that was just 26 innings. You know, he just, he doesn't. Yeah. He, he, he throws strikes, which I really like and appreciate. He plays for a decent enough team and he's supposed to have really good command. So I was interested in that. And also the projections for a rookie are pretty good. You know, the bat has him at 1224 whip only 78 strikeouts and 88 innings pitched, but you know, 14.2% uh, K minus walk rate, which is, which is a lot better than it usually is. Uh, my bids were in like the two, you know, the two Oh four, I think was the most I bid. I might have gone to 213 in one league, something like that, because I really did like him a lot. But I, for the reasons you mentioned, you know, innings, things can go wrong. The skills have been fine so far. You know, they haven't been overwhelming. It's a little bit different. Like the guy that I spent the most on last year was Shane McClanahan. He was kind of my big bid for the year, and he was in the mid 200s. I think I went from when he came up. But when he came up and when he pitched, like his stuff plus was just out of this world. I remember Eno writing that it was, you know, it was among he was already among the league leaders in like stuff plus. It was just it it looked really good and it was high K type stuff, right? High velo, swinging strike stuff. Kirby strikes me as a guy who's gonna like manage games a little bit more, right? He'll you know, go deep into games. Yeah, because he doesn't walk guys. He's not going to strike out like a ton of players, but I think he's going to be overall good. Like, I think he'll be league average or better with the chance for some definite upside there. Um, so, yeah, so he was good. I mean, congratulations to everybody who got him as long as you didn't pay 555 bucks for him. In in places I needed pitching, I obviously went a little bit more, a little bit less in places I didn't didn't get him anywhere. So I'm really interested to see how he does. I think he's in a very exciting prospect. And
1: as a pseudo-Mariners fan, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, the Mariners are doing big boy things. Gilbert was like not great, but not bad in Toronto tonight. He's been good all season. And uh, you can throw Kirby into the mix there with that lights out bullpen. You got J Rod and company hidden. Like that's a team that's highly on the rise. And um I'm just I'm curious the Kirby and to hear you say your bids made me wonder if i should have bid more but i guess my philosophy on that was my strategy i should say and again fabs there's no exact science that's the fun of it all um i was around like 600 dollars in a lot of my leagues so i was like okay i'll play like 120 to 125 so i still have a, 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 some kind of money left we'll see i didn't get them so it didn't matter but um yeah, it was interesting because like, you weren't the only one. A lot of very good players were all in on George Kirby this week. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see who the next George Kirby is that comes up. Because he like McClanahan last year. Gilbert was in that class last year. There will be a few more. Maybe not to that level, but there will be a few more. So it will be fun to see how that pans out as well. We have a prospect bat that came up. And that was Alec Thomas of the Arizona Dimebacks added in 195 leagues. As high as 355 as low as $10. Again, someone won the unicorn there. Ten dollars. He had a home run again on Tuesday night, his second of the season. He's hitting two eighty six. Um, they're trying to play him every day, which looks good. I did acquire him in a few leagues. We'll we, we'll talk about that on the um the players we added. And I got him. They're kind of keep on us, but still, like I was happy. I was very happy about that. So um, I like the, the upside there. And again, on a D backs team that has no reason not to play him, and they're being competitive right now, which is really good. So I've, I'm a big fan of this Alec Thomas skill set. We'll see if it pans out in the bigs full time. But so far, so good
2: yeah, definitely. And he's one of those intriguing profiles where you get a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, um, and then you got the batting average as well. So there's a few different ways that he can that he can contribute to your team. Um, so far, you know, keeping the strikeout rate down, which is something the projections agree he'll do. The ground ball rate is super high, you know at sixty three percent. I'm not sure whether that is something that will continue or not, you know based on his profile, but making a decent amount of contact you know, decent play discipline as well, um, has not tried to steal yet. So it'll be interesting to see whether that speed translate. It's only been 24, uh, plate appearances, 29, if you include today. So very interested to see how it works out, um, for him. I was definitely in on him, but I wasn't overly aggressive. I, my bids, it, it was interesting. It, it's it's really fascinating how fab works
1: Yes, because
2: (laughs) I had leagues, right? And I can't remember what Thomas went in them. I should go check, but like, let let me, let me check really quickly. So I had two leagues um, where uh, Jonathan VR was available, uh, including a, a high stakes league. And VR seems to have pretty clear playing time with two injuries to that middle infield when they come back. You know, maybe there's a question mark there. Let me just see. And I mean, these are really smart players that I'm going against. So it's not really it's not really a critique
1: of of them. You know, they see some um, yeah, it's it's more it's more how the, the each league's so different. It's just craziness on how it all works out.
2: Yeah, totally. So yeah, he so Alec Thomas went for two thirty-five in in that league, um, right to a very smart player. Um, so there's reasons to do that, right? He could be huge. You know, if you look at the Steamer 600 for him, and Steamer's a little high on prospects, you know, a little higher than the other systems on prospects, but he's essentially a 16 17 guy with a 267 batting average, which is fantastic, right? But I mean, like, I got VR in that league for 34 bucks, back up bit of 17 Now, I'm not tooting, I'm not going to toot my own horn. VR can go a lot of different directions, right? I mean, he's a home got run on I mean, Tuesday. He's, he hit a home run and stole a base today. Yep. Uh, you know, was whatever, three for something yesterday or two for something yesterday. He's doing well so far, which is within his realm of possibilities. But, you know, like if you were to look at them and you look at the 600 plate appearance um, projections for them, they're probably pretty similar. If VR's yeah. is probably better, honestly, because the steals are going to be much higher. And so... You know, there's kind of like the unknown, which comes with it, like the ceiling and all of that stuff with Alec Thomas. But, you know, I guess my strategy is like, OK, you know, with VR, like I feel like I can get maybe four weeks of maybe I'll get lucky and get really strong production. Maybe I'll get unlucky and get really bad production, which we've seen, too. But it's just interesting, like how the projections are fairly similar with those guys, but the bids are... are Are pretty different um and i think there's some reason for that right again because you don't get a lot of guys like thomas who can kind of come in have that speed power and batting average and the unknown of maybe this guy is gonna be one of those rookies who just you know puts up a half season of just ridiculous stuff and he's and he's got playing time so
1: He's got playing time. He's got the ability. He's got the ceiling, like the the, un, the ungodly numbers. He's also got a floor, a very deep floor. Like So he, that's the fun thing about prospects. Like you're talking about the weirdness of fab. Like we talked about Royce Lewis last week in a big way. When I was doing fab this week, he was available in a couple weeks still. Like, he wasn't even really? – Oh, I was blown away. I was like, what in the world? Like wow. I was literally just – I didn't even type in to search for him because so I, I thought there was no chance. And I'm just like scrolling through just to make sure I didn't miss any names. And there's Royce Lewis. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So I had to add him into the mix. I'm like I'm not going to – that's one you got them for a buck last week, a dollar. Like, that's just crazy stuff. But, uh, the fun other thing, like we talk about that's why I like talking about these different players and kind of like you're talking about the VR versus Thomas thing, and that's irrelevant for this week thing. But it's like we talk about not breaking the bank banks at time because you know, everyone's all in on Stephen Kwan, spent a lot of money on Stephen Kwan, and now you could have spent a lot less because we're like, sure, you know, like Alec, Alec Thomas, when he's talking about it, as high as 355, as low as 10, the leagues I got him in was like 47 bucks. So and that was a couple leagues. Like we'll talk about them. So it's one of those things, like why we try not to break the bank often, because there will be other options as the season goes on. It might not be a prospect like Thomas. It could be the Jonathan VR, a veteran that gets his time. But there's going to be options to fill the stat needs that your team needs. That you're going to want that money for to make sure like Toby can win 34 to 17 bids. He's not forced to bid 15 and lose like stuff like that, where where it it translates differently. So that's kind of why. It might be boring to some as we talk about, but that's why we kind of the strategy we have. You want to be able to keep playing as the season goes on instead of be kind of handcuffed as well. All right. Next on the docket, Kyle Bradish of the Baltimore Orioles, Uh, 131 leagues, as high as 121, as low as a dollar. I got him in a few leagues uh, the week before. His start against the Yankees, not good, not good. Four and a third for him, but still got the 6Ks. That's what I like to see after the 11Ks against St. Louis, his previous start. He's gonna be rocky. There's no sugarcoating that. Like that's why I think the 11Ks was uh, 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 <laughs> not gonna happen probably ever again. But uh, he's a good pitcher. I don't know how great he's going to be. And facing the Yankees, there was gonna be a recipe for disaster eventually. So what's your thoughts on Bradish? He was gonna be serviceable, but it's like him, Zimmerman. You got these guys where it's they might not be full time serviceable. Might be more streamable type stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind Bradish at all. He was among the the higher pitchers that I was bidding on. Um, where he was available in leagues. You know, he did have that rocky start, but, I mean, uh, the Yankees is tough. When, 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 that was Monday, so he had a yeah. two start, so that's why people were going. But I think it's, his second start is pretty bad, too, wasn't it? It's. I don't think it's I, a good deal. I remember looking at him and being like, uh, I would pick him up, but I don't think I would actually start him this week. What is it? Oh, it's not bad. It's Tampa. I mean... There's that's better hit and miss. Yeah, That's hit and miss. But you probably you probably throw that out there. Um, yeah, so I think the things about Bradish, you know, um the metrics are pretty good. They're like, you know, round league average, but slightly better, maybe. You know, O swing at 31%, slightly better than league average, Z contact at 86 7. He's not overpowering, I don't think, with his fastball, so it's not no. necessarily surprising. You know, but 18.4% came on his walk, 25.3% strikeout rate, 6.9% walk rate, um, 10.8% swinging strike. So, all like pretty good. You know, he's been unlucky. 352 Babbitt. He's got a one seven home runs, you know, per nine. He hasn't been walking guys, which has been really nice. You know, although with the O swing and he's getting behind on hitters, which is a little bit dangerous. He has a sub 50% first pitch strike. Um, but, you know, we didn't know that heading into Fab. And, yep. And he looked pretty. He looked pretty good when I was looking under the hood at him, you know. And the, and he's one of those guys where he doesn't have like the huge pedigree like Kirby, so that he's not going to go for these huge amounts or he maybe even be picked up initially. But um, but some of those sometimes those are the guys that you know they're pitching much better than they had been previously. When I look at his kind of his pitch skills, it's a little concerning because he pretty much just has one pitch. He's got the yep. slider, which is nasty. Uh, 18.6% swinging strike rate, 46.60 swing, and his Z contact at 82.8%. Every single one of his other pitchers has an pitches has an O swing under 18.5%, so no chasing at all, and a swinging strike rate under 7.4%. And I don't know if that's going to cut it long term. Um, right. He's also played the Yankees, Cardinals, Minnesota, and Boston, so he's had, two, you know, he's had a Two tough matchups, I would say. Um, the one dominant performance. I would expect that maybe the performance against St. Louis ends up being his best performance of the year, and we see a lot more of kind of what we see in the other games, which is like six innings, two earned runs, two, two strikeouts, four innings, three strikeouts, four earned runs, you know, 4.1, four earned runs, six strikeouts. You know, just kind of like messy. So that's, a, that's what I'd say. It's a long winded say- way of saying it's messy.
1: Yeah. And that, that's why I said he's, he reminds me like the Zimmerman, we talked about where there's a lot we like, but there's also kind of like there's room for a bunch of uh-ohs like with, with the situation, if he's not locating that slider for Braddish, um, like I said, the fastball is not overwhelming. So it's just kind of going to be a, if he has to groove that thing then he's in trouble and that's got that's going to make it nasty. So maybe the, the ballpark will help him now in Baltimore. So that's good. And so he'll have some really good starts, but there's going to be some hiccups out there. So we'll see how that Tampa Bay start goes this weekend. Might be back on the wire after this week. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah,
2: and what, one thing I've been factoring more and more into pitcher decisions too is just thinking about like upside versus downsides. And with him, it's like he's also on the Orioles. Yes. So the wins aren't necessarily going to come. Bingo. Right? So what are we trying to get out of Bradish? Yeah. Are we hoping for improved ratios? Are we hoping for the Ks? are we hope, hoping to catch lightning in the bottle and then you think about all the ways it can go wrong. So, yeah.
1: No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh next up on the list, a boy Danny Jansen picked up in 122 leagues as high as 169 as low as a dollar. Jansen's had three games back from the IL, got a home run, two hits. He's uh picking up where he left off cuz he was mashing before he got hurt in the three games before that. We saw him towards the end of last season start to hit again. Like good things are coming. We were team Jansen for a while there in years past and um he just really never put it together. And there was always Alejandro Kirk concerns, but Jansen's the better defender. And as long as he swings, he's going to get the play. So I didn't grab him anywhere. Cause so I was like set in my catcher position for now, but he's definitely an option if you need him because catcher is a mess an absolute disaster right now. So Jansen could be a nice little fill in for you.
2: Yeah. Um, for sure. I love Danny Jansen. I have him in a number of teams. I had a couple of teams where I just blanked on the catcher position while he was out. Um, So, yeah, if you had access to him, I would have gone and and gotten him. Uh, Rest of season season projection for the X, 242, 14 home runs, 40, 40 and 40. So if that comes to fruition, then you're looking at like probably 244, 245 batting average, 17 home runs, 44 and 44. I mean, not the best in the world, maybe. Um, but certainly not the
1: worst, especially with the way that catcher is playing out this year. Yep. Most definitely. I think there's definitely some appeal in that one. You say, yeah. I say, we all say Kikuchi 97 leagues as high as 89, as low as a dollar. And he has ditched the, the cutter folks. And cause it was ugly to start the year. And then even a report on Tuesday talked about how he saw what Robbie Ray did. That's one reason why he wanted to come to Toronto to have someone to work with him. The last three starts, including his recent start, Um, on Monday, he ditched the cutter. He's got at least five innings, two runs or less, six or more Ks, two wins in those three starts. He's looked like a brand new man out there on the mound. He's looked really good. How sustainable it is. We'll see. But as long as he just leaves that pitch that was getting shelled, there's at least something to look at there. A nice pitch mix change. But, um, he had a two-star week this week. Like I said, the first start against Seattle, he did very, very well. So he was a popular pickup this week. And he might be one of those guys where you can maybe hold on to him a little longer. So what's your thoughts on Yusei Kikuchi?
2: Yeah, I picked him up in an OC where he was available. He also has a beautiful two-star week. I mean, you can't get much better than at home against Seattle and Cincinnati. Um, That's pretty pretty legit right there. Um, Yeah, in his last three games, I mean, I think you mentioned the pitch mix change. I think it's instructive in this type of a situation to just look at the last three games just to see what's going on. You know, 80% Z contact, which is great. I mean, it's unbelievable what the graph looks like. I mean, his walk rate and K rate earlier in the season were identical and then they just split beautifully. 31.3% K rate over his last three. 10.9% walk rate. So he's still walking, guys. That'll always be an issue because he cannot seem to find a pitch that gets chases on pitches on outside the zone. So he's at 29.3% O swing. So he's really got to be in that zone to be effective. Um, he's also got a 12.8% swinging strike rate over that period which is really um which is really good you mentioned he's throwing the fastball the velocity isn't up you know so it, it, it's got to be just that um pitch mix change that you mentioned okay. he's thrown 56 percent and let me just so think throw was our-
1: like a, i think it was like almost like a 30 percent cutter usage 20 to 30 percent he has ditched the whole thing and he, mm-hmm. so he started throwing more off speeds it felt like and yeah, that's interesting
2: yeah, so what I'm going to do is, what I'm trying to do here, let's just do a little luck-a-meter, a luck-a-meter check here. You're doing the full count check? Yeah, so his BABIP, <laughs> his BABIP over the last three games is 139, which will help you for sure. And his home runs per nine is down at 0.5. Um, let's check the home, the, the home run per fly ball. I I do this. I, his home run per fly ball is 6.7%. So yes, he's been better. Has he been lucky in doing it? Absolutely. Um, when we look at that four seam fastball, he's throwing more gets no chases on pitches outside the zone. He does have a really nice Z contact on it. 79.2%, 9.9% swinging strike rate as well. So, um, and then that cutter that you mentioned was, it must've just been getting destroyed. Uh, yeah. 249
1: WRC plus again, look at the, like the, even the X stats, like there was no room for like, like luck. He was just getting crushed all over the place with that pitch. Mm. With it's that.
2: really interesting. I mean, if you look at like just the outcomes against his pitches, his four seam, he has a 33 WRC plus his slider has a 199 WRC+. plus. His changeup has been a really good pitch for him, negative yep. 4 points, negative 47. So, you know, that change-up is actually interesting. Um, the slider does get chases on pitches outside the zone. I mean, essentially, what I'm just trying to articulate is there's some stuff going on. I don't think it's beautiful. I think it's got potential, but I do think that something's going to need to get better for it to be sustainably quality um, for him. He's not going to keep getting a 139 BABIP and a 6.7% home run per fly ball.
1: Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what he does because I just like the fact that after three starts of like bad starts, he changed it already to that. And he admitted that he likes what he saw with what they did with Ray, and that's why he wanted to come here. So he's letting them tinker with him. And so you have to imagine they're going to see They have to be seeing something that you're seeing also. So they might keep tinkering. Mm-hmm. And it's more, it's like, it's like the Robbie Ray pound with the fastball, even though Ray threw it harder. Like I know that pound with the fastball, use the changeup then throw the slider out of the zone to get chased. Like, don't let him hit the slider, like make the slider not even come near the zone. Cause what it does, you get hit simple. So um, we'll see how that continually changes. Like I'd, I would love to see a graph and I know we can look later or something since the pitch mix changed three starts to go. We know what the slider usage and everything is. I want to see the slider locations for just those three games, like where they all like down and away or something like where they all just literally like come get it type stuff. That's the intriguing part to me is where was he locating that pitch like before and after type situation with the slider? Because that could be very important.
2: Yeah, we can, we can check that out. I'll look it up while, while we're talking about the next guy.
1: All right. Uh, Brandon Drury added in 89 leagues as high as 161, as low as a dollar. He should have been added the week before. People wanted him this week because of the stats he had the week before. But the week before, he had eight games. So that's why you should have added, Braden Drury. He had five games this week. Still, he's going to be serviceable, like we talked about, Jonathan Indy out for a while and other situations. There's some power there. Average has always been a bit of an issue. Doesn't run a ton. But uh, I guess ride it while you can. You got Great American Small Park. It's just this week it was two games early, three games later in the week. And there was other options I was more intrigued with. But I get it. Brandon drury has got and he's got multi-position flexibility which is huge so you got that going for you too but uh, i think we talked about him last week what do we got any any more thoughts on him
2: um not really brett lowry was the answer to the trivia question last week thank you to everybody who um texted and uh dm'd and reached out to us it was brett lowry i was thinking about his year actually wasn't all that good like I mean, he definitely had a good year. I think in 197 plate appearances as a rookie, he had like nine home runs and seven steals, which is big. That's huge, but it's not like he contributed that across the a full season. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Drury, I like, picked him up last week or a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I think he's very solid and he's one of the better hitters on the red. So I think he'll have a,
1: he'll have a shot. Most definitely. Uh, next up, Rowan Wick of the Chicago Cubs, adding in seventy-seven leagues, as high as one fifteen, as low as a dollar. People chasing those saves. He's got three saves in his last three opportunities as he fills in for Dave Roberts. He's, he's been on the COVID hell for a while. Like he's been out. He's got it. Uh, some pretty good symptoms. It sounds like we'll see when he comes back. I haven't heard any info on when he's coming back, but he's been out for a couple weeks now. So definitely something to monitor. It feels like. Um, and Wicks come in, and you know this is the frustrating part because when the injury happened to Hoyer earlier in spring i was drafting wick everywhere and i was told that I was an idiot and so i dropped him because obviously he wasn't well, Robertson was a closer you had to drop him but this is like here he is he's getting strikeouts he's shutting guys down he's picking up saves this is very frustrating toby very frustrating um so uh rowan wick who literally could not be the closer tomorrow if david robertson comes back
2: <laughs> yeah um it all depends on the bid i mean yeah. he looks like he's got it he looks like he's running with it he is walking a considerable amount of people he's actually he's also striking out a decent amount of people there's not a like a lot to love necessarily about the profile except for the era and the strikeouts you know the whip is high he's got a high babip and but he's also got a high strand rate you know he's walking 4 per 9 his z contact is 90.1% so he can't really beat people in the zone right now so but I mean, he's also clearly getting saves there until Robertson comes back. And it's not like Robertson is like the bill of health, you know, Um, even though I think he's COVID IL right now, like he's, you know, could have just as well get something else wrong with him. So, yeah. Yeah. Wick is, Wick is fine. You say Kukuchi is slider location is like right down the middle of the plate actually. It's oh, that's just, that's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like he's throwing it to lefties. So, you know, maybe they're not getting a good read on it or whatever, but yeah. Interesting. Or maybe that's why they're not there. missing it.
1: Yeah. That could be it. That, that'd make a lot of sense. At least uh, next up here, Ian Kennedy added in 70 leagues as high as 75, as low as one. Again, this is a closer speculation. Cause la- like Kennedy had the job in Lance was on the IL. He came back. Lance in last week, two saves and two brutal blown saves. Like it was, Horrific, and not one strikeout in any four of those outings for Mark Melanson. So he's not even getting guys to strike out. Ian Kennedy is waiting in the wings to get his shot. People speculated on him this week. Not sure why you would speculate um, seventy five dollars, but maybe you're really desperate there. But uh, it's similar to the Wick situation, except Wick at least has the job right now, where Kennedy's just waiting like another blown save or two to, to walk on him.
2: I think I was in a league where Kennedy went for like two hundred. Wow. Um. Yeah, Kennedy sucks. He sucks. <laughs> you think Melanson's bad? Like, Kennedy sucks. I'd be going with like uh, I think Mantiply is pretty good. I mean, here's Ian Kennedy's line, right? 345 ERA, yay. 438 X whatever, or FIP, doesn't matter. Whip 1.53, boo. Strikeouts 10 in 15 and two thirds, boo. Saves three, yay. Babip 275 whatever strand rate, 75.2%, whatever K minus K K's per nine, 5.74 walks per nine, 5.17. So his walks are almost equal to his K per nine. His K minus walk is 1.4%. He's also got 0.57 home runs per nine with a career 1.29. And in the last five years, 1.92, 4.5, 0.85, 1.5, 1.99, 1.52, 1.66. I mean, the guy's going to give up a ton of home runs, especially when the heat increases and he sucks. Uh, Swinging strike rate, 4.9%. In zone contact rate, 93.7%. I mean, he's Stephen Kwan uh, inside the zone. You know, 34.6%. Pitcher or hitter? Pitcher or hitter. uh, Yeah, is the. Really good hitter or really bad pitcher. This is a really bad pitcher, ladies and gentlemen. Which is not to say you shouldn't speculate on him. Crazier things have happened, right? Yep. I I was on this podcast talking about Jorge Lopez and how his K minus walk rate sucked and whatever, and he ended up being great. I just don't see necessarily how Kennedy is going to um I just don't see him being able to do it. I don't see him being able to put together a run similar to what he did last year, but i am also been known to be incredibly wrong on these things.
1: Um, I'm not going to say Toby's wrong. I'm not disagreeing with him. If I have to have any shining light on this, the D-backs are competitive right now, so he'll get chances. That's the one thing I'll say is they're actually competitive. It's not the Pirates or something like that. So Ian Kennedy will get – and he's had stretches with the Royals where they're very good. He also went to Philadelphia last year and played home run derby. So uh, that's the fun with Ian Kennedy.
2: Yeah, I mean – Later on, uh, Ben Tidd asked us a question about closer specs. I mean, just thinking about the same bullpen, Joe Mantiply, who is... Uh, no, he throws right. Uh, well, I thought he threw, threw left. Wait, No, he throws left. He throws left, he bats right, just in case you're interested in that. Uh, he's got a .66 point- six ERA, 11 strikeouts and 13 and two-thirds, so not great there. He's got two saves. Babip is low at 243, way above his way below his career average, and his strand rate is high. But he's walking two percent of batters. His K minus walk is 20.4 percent. Swinging strike rate is 12.7 percent. He's getting ahead of hitters. He's got a 44 percent O swing, and he's got an 84.9 percent Z contact. So he's not that great, but he's a load loads better than Kennedy. Um, and so you know, I think Kennedy probably will get the saves initially until he inevitably, inevitably blows it. But I think Mantiply is kind of an interesting little guy there. Nice. Not to imply that he's little. I'm sure he's he's kind yeah, of he's a big o- guy. He's
1: not the opposite of, of Stevenson. We know that. Much. Let's see. He's 6'4, 219. Yeah, that's, that's not little. That's, that's not a big br-
2: that's a big guy. A he's big no guy. Dalton Barshow.
1: No, Dalton Marshall's a little guy. Dalton Varshall definitely. He's, and he might Dalton Barshow might catch from Mantiply. So go go put that one together. For
2: sure. Oh man. Look at that battery. That's yep.
1: Yep. That is literally the negative and positive charge. That's
2: some, right some Baba Bubba in the bat flip uh level yeah exactly different, you know
1: exactly exactly talking about big guys luke voigt added in 68 leagues as high as 120 as low as three you know he returned from the il two home runs a second game then he's been back to being luke Voigt. this is why i'm just always scared about luke voight he strikes out a ton his batting average like just well like he's not going to start every day in san diego i know people were excited for the upside with Voit. i just i couldn't do it so i wasn't even in on him
2: yeah, I wasn't in on him either. I didn't know that he was going to come off the IL. Um, but I mean, he's definitely you know interesting if he's there. You know, two thirty six, thirteen home runs, thirty six runs, forty RBI, two thirty six batting average. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's fine. He's
1: looked lost though, and he's yeah. said that he's lost. So, yeah. yeah, less than ideal is the way I would look at that one. We've got some more speculations going on here. Clay Holmes of the New York Yankees who's been very good out of the bullpen, very good. So has King as well. People like like to forget about King, who's been very effective as well. But Clay Holmes was at in 67 leagues as high as 47, as low as a dollar. Um, we had another aroldis chapman messy game on Tuesday night. I hate to break it to people. Chapman's closing as long as he's healthy. This is what they do. He has hiccups. Even the beat reporters tonight said he does this like twice a year, where he has bad stretches. Then he still ends up with 30-plus saves. His ratios are okay. He gets a ton of strikeouts. This is what Chapman does. So Holmes might get his chances, but um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? I I think there was better places to speculate. Now Chapman got hurt. We could talk. But as long as Chapman's healthy, he's closing.
2: Yeah, I think what tends to happen with these things is like last week, Holmes probably got a save, you know, and so people are kind of like, oh, well, maybe he's, you know, in the running for it. I don't think he's in the running for it. I think he's a very good pitcher, a very, very good pitcher. I have him in a few DCs. Um I don't know if I have him in any fab. I think in deeper leagues like 15 team leagues, totally reasonable to add him. Literally. You know, he's a ratio ratio boon. Um I do think though in like 12 team leagues it's a little bit harder to do that. Um but but my god, got a 3% ground ball rate uh right now. Oh, he's still He's still filthy ground ball rate. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. So. Yeah, so mind, I mean it's I think it's good. Yeah.
1: I think it's good. Would you rather have Holmes or Ian Kennedy? Uh, Holmes. Kennedy might get the job. Okay. Just yeah. want to ask. Just want to throw it out there.
2: All uh, right. Next up. I mean, it's it's a good question, though, too, because it's like, how long would I hold on to, you know,
1: Holmes? How many times would I, like, look at him and be like, uh-huh, no, how many times I'm did you actually rock? How, how, how many times did you actually start him in a week when you had – Holmes versus like another like questionable starting pitcher. Like most times, you might still go to the starting pitcher just for the chance of the win. Like it's such a weird. That's why it's hard to roster, them, especially in twelve teamers. Like yeah. like I have Paul Seawald in some leagues, and I've used him like fifty percent of the time, and it's been pretty good. But we know what Seawald does. Like Holmes isn't even that level yet, so it's just it's tricky to roster those guys in smaller leagues. So, mm, that something sure. to keep in mind. Chase Silseth was the new new popular. Silseth new popular name out there these days picked up in 63 leagues as high as 132 as low as a dollar might be even more popular next week but over the weekend six shutout innings of one hit four k's against the oakland athletics big accomplishment there but he's um, got him again this week he's got him again this week and Eno Saris's metrics loved him so like there was buzz all over the place on sunday on twitter um what's your thoughts on Silseth? to be honest i didn't know who he was until i saw twitter on sunday
2: Uh, yeah, I got him a couple places, um, for like mid thirties, low forties, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you think about, we talked about George Kirby's projections. So if you look at the bat projections for, um, Kirby, I think he was like a four Oh something ERA, a one, two, four whip with 78 strikeouts in 88 innings or something like that. 87 innings. Silthats still is in 54 innings a 4 era a one 7 whip with 50 strikeouts in 54 innings so essentially like a nearly identical um uh projection um as kirby but going for a lot less uh in, on a better offense um not necessarily a great defense i don't think although i'm not totally sure how good the angels defense is but joe Adele's and i knew he was right going to go for a lot less so he was kind of definitely on the radar uh dylan white who's also a very smart guy he does um for prospects live i'm in a, a dynasty league with him and he has his um like robo robo scout i think he calls it which likes him a lot i think Sil seth has been really good this year like he maybe didn't have as much pedigree previously but um has been really good this year and so it seemed like a pretty good uh fit so that's the type of thing i think i like i prefer to go go more on is like getting the backup to the big bid or like backup to the backup to the big bid um because the projections are fairly similar and so will they end up the same i don't know i'd rather have kirby but uh yeah
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out, especially if he dominates Oakland again this week. Like I said, he's only added in 65 leagues, so it could be a like barrage on Sunday. Like he's he's probably added in like all the mains, but uh, when it comes to the the online's, that's over 100 online leagues where he's going to be out and about. So that's going to be interesting. Come Sunday, Lamont Wade Jr. added in 64 leagues, as high as 87, as low as a dollar. I know he was added in recent weeks as he was getting closer to returning. I added him a couple leagues. Um, He's got Coors this week, but he didn't play on Tuesday because he's day to day again. He's still banged up. He's playing through his injury, which is outstanding. But I like Lamont Wade. I got no problem with Lamont Wade. I think he's a good pickup, especially with Coors on play. But um, yeah, it's one of it's a tough one. Like first base outfit eligibility is big with him. But uh, I I get I get the pickup this week for Coors.
2: Yeah, for sure. I I can get it. I think the challenge with guys like Wade, I'd much rather pick him up on the waiver wire for for less than like spend draft capital on him because, because he's going to be part of a platoon, you know? And so it's yep. just like Jock Peterson. It's like, when he's running hot, it seems really, really great. But when he cools down, you're like, Oh, he's playing in two of four this week or two of three this weekend. Do we want to Do I want to do the two of three or like, even in cores this week, it's like, you know, Wade's going to have two games in cores. And it's like, well, two games in cores might be worth it. But yeah. um, in any other ballpark, it's probably not. And so I just find those guys really challenging to have in there unless they're supremely skilled.
1: Yep. No, it's it's tricky. It's very tricky, especially now that they're getting healthy again. Like Yaz is back. Letella came back. Long goes back. All the dude they're coming back. So it's even platoons are getting crazier. And um, we'll see what even Wednesday brings because it's Freeland, the lefties pitching. So we'll see who what the lineup looks like because Kepler loves running like an all righty lineup. So that'll be. Another another angle. So it's annoying about the Giants, plus to make it even better. And Wade plays good defense, so he's kind of been okay through this. But um, all it takes is a lefty star, a righty starting, then a lefty reliever coming in, and he's, they just bench everybody. They just pinch it for everybody. And uh, it just makes it very, very annoying to roster some of these guys. All right, we'll do a couple more here before we get to our ads of the week. Uh, we'll go Gavin Sheets, for you added everywhere last week. He was definitely in play again this week as the um, White Sox had eight more games, seven versus right-handed pitchers. Added in 63 leagues as high as 51 as low as a dollar, but you already had them everywhere last week. So you're good to go. I think I only had them
2: in one or two leagues. So I wish I did. I wish I had them everywhere. Um, but I was glad that I already had them because yeah, seven games and eight days against righties, including the Royals for five games. That's
1: big or four
2: games. Four games seems sounds ideal. So, So Nothing to show for it yet, but we still got a couple more games, so we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, last one we'll go with here. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, I got to go back to my page here. It just look. Okay, um, we have Jonah. Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim added in 60 leagues, as high as 77, as low as a dollar. Um, with the injury to Mitch Garver, Jonah Heim has kind of taken over the reins there as a starting catcher, and so far so good, hitting 277 on the year with four home runs. He's walking a decent clip too, barely striking out less than 11% of the time. He's showing really good plate skills for a catcher with decent batting average upside and a little bit of pop. So, this is where it gets fun. Cause, like we talked about Danny Jansen earlier, honestly, I'd rather roll with Jonah Heim in that scenario for a lot cheaper. But, uh, both good players. So, what's your thoughts on Jonah Heim?
2: Yeah. I actually dropped Jonah Heim in TGFBI, I think, because Danny Jansen's back, um, which, which I thought about a little bit. I mean, uh, Jonah Heim's fine. Um, He's fine. Uh, I mean, the thing is, early season, like, you know, I like to look at it. It's like he's had four barrels and he's got four home runs. That's called running good. good You know, if he were to run league average, the next four barrels would not be home runs that he hits. And if he does that over the next 74 plate appearances, then you're looking at four home runs in 148 plate appearances, which isn't as good. So, again, the plate skills are really nice. Um, He's got potential. But um, I think we've seen one of the better runs that he's going to have this year already. And and I don't think it's likely to continue.
1: Uh, we don't have to talk about all these guys. I just wanted to bring it up to people that wh- why OCs are so much fun. Reed Detmers was added in 58 leagues because he was out there coming off the no-no as high as 177. Royce Lewis was available in 53 leagues, Toby, 53 online leagues. Wow. Added as high as 267. So that one stood out. Hunter Green got added for a, a big chunk. But Felix Batista, the potential closer in waiting in Baltimore, added in 33 leagues as high as 157. Jorge Lopez is still technically there, folks. I hate to break mm-hmm. it to you. And then Danny Jimenez from Oakland as high as 212. That makes a little more sense to me than Batista. Both good pitchers, but um, those got some heavy ads. Josh Naylor got picked up for 157 max bid. Uh, so I just want to talk about some of the max guys that got picked up. Um, Emilio Pagan as high as 155. People looking for saves. That was an interesting one. So those were a few of them. There's many more, but uh, anything on those guys that stood out to you potentially?
2: Um, not really. I mean, Reed Detmers isn't very good. No, he's he's my main takeaway. I, I'm, I'm like, I, I look thing, and I'm just like, uh, I mean, congrats on the no-no, but I don't know how long you're going to be in the big leagues doing what you're uh, what you're doing so far. I mean, the projections are still holding on a little bit for hope, but not. A ton there and especially after today it's probably much worse as well um yeah because he only made it like three and a third yeah I, I think Detmers is kind of a drop in in 15 teamers honestly um at this point I just don't know if there's anything there there um yeah Royce Lewis I mean he's great he just hit a home run earlier today um as well unfortunately he hit it off of uh uh Josh Rogers. Winders or well, Winders they're Winders. on the same
1: team it's not possible
2: no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith hit the home run. I was about to say shoulders. it's not possible. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been nuts. It would have been crazy, Bubba. I, I, didn't I inter- know where to do an inter. Winters throws in it. Way. Lewis is. Lewis is in it short, but then he runs to the plate and he picks up the bat and he hits the home run and everybody's confused <laughs> and that was the end of Royce Lewis's career when he hit the home run off his own
1: uh, bat, flipped his own pitcher. pitcher. It, it was really
2: hard for people to trust him ever again. Yeah. Love it.
1: Love it. Oh, man. So, yeah. No, it's just fun. Like, they're not the big ads, but some of the big dollar ads that are sitting down there and uh, people they're specking on closers all over the place. So it makes it very exciting. But let's recap our fab pickups pick of the week. Toby, if you're ready, you can rock and roll and tell us what you did this week.
2: Sorry. Just, just seeing how the angels are blowing another, uh, what's his name, opportunity? Another, uh, Iglesias save up. All right, my fabbing from this past week is actually a pretty busy week for me. Uh, Chase Silseth dropped Ryan Brazier, the evil Ryan Brazier, forty nine dollars. Backup bit of thirty four. Added Jonathan VR. Dropped Jed Lowry, a bit of thirty four dollars. Runner up of seventeen. Um, added added Eli White. Dropped Mitch Keller, uh, uh, good riddance. Mitch Keller, uh, seven, um, with a backup bit of two. Uh, that Eli White pickup was exclusively for a Noah Syndergaard, uh, matchup, and he came through with uh, he ran stealing. wild, folks. Ran wild, yeah, he did. Um, all right, next league added Jeffrey Springs. It was a Jeffrey Springs overpay week, and I didn't give a crap because I <laughs> wanted Jeffrey. Springs. Why did you want to drop Ryan out of curiosity? Oh man. I love Jeffrey Springs. We'll talk about it in a second. Or do you want me to talk about it right now? Yeah, whatever you want. Right
1: I think we got right. time with only one listener question. So I'm curious on your thoughts on Jeffrey. That's Springs.
2: right. Hey, you know, um, Jeffrey Springs. <sighs> what can I say? 21.2 innings. 20 strikeouts, 1.66 ERA, 0.78 whip. Low Babbitt, high strand rate. Got to be careful of that. 8.32, <laughs> three, one Ks per nine. 1.25 walks per nine. 0.42 home runs per nine. K minus walk rate, 21.5%. 25.3% K rate, 3.8% walk rate. Swinging strike rate, 14.6%. Love that. O swing, 45.3%. Love that. In zone contact, 77.9% love that now he is he is going from relief to um a starter but in his um in his kind of like so he went 2.2 2 and then 3.1 and then 4 and then 4.2 since his 3.1 or even since his 2.2 2, i mean since he started pitching multiple innings he's got two innings 2k uh, two innings 2k zero and runs 2.2 2 innings Three Ks, one earned run, 3.1 innings, two Ks, zero runs, four innings pitched, four strikeouts, three earned runs, 4.2 innings, zero earned runs, two Ks. So the Ks have not been that high, but he's on the raise. He's going to get great defense. He keeps on b- moving up a little bit. I think he threw 75 pitches this last um, game. I was really excited, actually, that he did not throw five so that it kept the bids low um lower cuz he would have gotten the win otherwise but he's pitched against two really good teams in Toronto and the Angels. This week he's got uh Baltimore and then I think I think he's got the Yankees but he may also have Detroit. Let me just check it out. Let me just check it out. He's got uh at Baltimore. Yeah, he's got Baltimore and then he's got the Yankees. So next week not great, but Baltimore this week I'll take it. Um so yeah, I I really like I really like him a lot. Okay, um, I've liked hearing. him. I had him on DC's last year. Um, I really like him. So
1: nice, nice. Yeah.
2: So, anyways, that was a long, extended ode to to Jeffrey Springs. But uh, Andrew Velasquez, I picked up. I dropped Christian Pache, uh, fourteen with a backup of two. I added Nick Solak a lot of places um, as well. Uh, he had played in five of six. And, of course, he sat against Syndergaard, but, oh, well. I was too preoccupied to notice and swap him out or didn't have other options in leagues. Uh, Nick Solak, Jed Lowry, um, dropped him. Added Anthony Bass, closer spec, 6 bucks. Uh, dropped Mitch Keller. I'll, I'll probably move on from Anthony Bass um, since it doesn't look like it's his gig after the past couple of days. Uh, added Jeffrey Springs, dropped Ryan Brazier, forty bit of 43, backup of 17. Added Chase Silseth. Uh, dropped Paul DeYoung, uh, $36, 29 backup. Added Andrew Velasquez, $12, no backup bid. So Velasquez, I mean, he should have two months straight run at that yep. shortstop position. With Fletcher, batting yep. average isn't great, but he is stealing quite a few bases. And he um, did so it in the mines. where I needed that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, added, uh, Brandon Drury. Oh, that, that, was last week. That, was last week. that was last week. That was last week. Um, Added Jeffrey Springs, dropped Ryan Brazier forty-seven with a backup of thirteen. Uh, added Andrew Velasquez twelve dollars, backup of nine. Dropped Ben Gamel, added Nick Solak, dropped Jed Lowry for seven uncontested uh, bid in my OC. I added Yusei Kikuchi, dropped Ryan Brazier seven dollars, a backup of four, and then I added OC. Pavin Smith and his eight. His eight uh, games this week and dropped Jonathan Scope, who promptly hit a home run uh, on Monday. So I was a little disappointed about that. Um, TGFBI added Jonathan VR, dropped Jonah Heim, 32 with a backup of 18. Added Jeffrey Springs, dropped Josh Stallmont, who got a save today. Uh, Springs, $14, uh, $9 backup bid. Added Luis Gonzalez before. He, he demoted. was demoted for being the best hitter on the giants over the last little bit. Yeah. So um, everybody got G healthy to go. And then the final one is the one that we share together. Uh, bar league added Jeffrey Springs, 23 bucks, uh, backup of nine dropped Chad Pinder added Gavin sheets, 14 bucks, backup of 13. Please tell me that was your bid. Um, dropped Ben Gamble, <laughs> uh, added Larry Garcia not- <laughs> and his, and his eight, uh, his eight games dropped Abraham Toro um, and then added Andrew Velasquez dropped Yoshi Tsutsugo, And those are all. And right. I'm glad to
1: see you're all in on Velasquez because I actually dug in on him a bit for a part of an article for fan Treks on Wednesday. And I was like, I was impressed because like you said, the batting average is not great right now, mm-hmm. but he got one Homer and he's stealing bases like crazy. And you look at his minor numbers, not a power guy, but 20 to 30 steals almost every season. The minors, and he actually hit for average in the minors too. So there's, like, potential to maybe get up to, like, 240, 250 and steal a lot of bags. So that's a an interesting, especially 15-teamers. In that could be a really, really fun pickup right there. All right. For mine, and I wasn't nearly as active this week, but uh, in one of my OCs, I went and added Kyle Hendricks, dropped Sheldon Noisy for $6 with no runner-up bid. So I said, for $6, bucks, i will give Kyle Hendricks a try. Basically, I got outbid everywhere else. Um, and in that OC, uh, Kirby went for 355 Things changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Alex Thomas. Alec Thomas went for. Let me let me get Got okay. that right. Yeah, uh, Alec Thomas went for three fifty five. Kirby went for two thirty three in that league. Um, but in my other OC, one of my other OC, I had four. I got Alec Thomas for sixty eight dollars. Runner up a forty two. Dropping Chad Pinder. I got Royce Lewis for twenty four bucks. Runner up a seventeen. dropped Kyle Gibson. So I got Royce Lewis and Alec Thomas for less than hundred dollars combined. Pretty happy about that. Um, we'll see how it plays out, but I liked I liked the feel of that one. Um, another league, Jordan Hicks added him. Dropped Cal Quantrill seven dollars, no runner up. Grabbed Kyle Hendricks, dropped Aaron Hicks six dollars, no runner up. Um, another OC added Alec Thomas for sixty seven, runner up at fifty five. Dropped Hansel Robles, and he just got another save, so that was fun. Uh, added Kyle Braddish for twenty one, um, runner up at fifteen. And I added Felix Bautista, who we talked about earlier, for he broke the bank. I added him for 16. No runner-up bid in my league, and I dropped Ian Kennedy for that one. Um, OC qualifier here, the fun leagues. I uh, got Nick Pavetta for seven with no runner-up. Kyle Hendricks for six with no runner-up. And Lamont Wade for four with a runner-up of four, so the unicorn bid. Um, but again, didn't break the bank for that one, so it doesn't hurt me as much. Uh, nothing in that league. It didn't win at all. Uh, the My final, I believe it's my final OC. I got Felix Bautista for $7 with a runner up of zero. And I dropped Tyler Wells, who he runs like that whole Orioles starting rotation. There'd be headaches this year. Lots of good, lots of bad. Uh, Barf got Evan Longoria for 12, dropped Edward O for runner up of five. I grabbed Alfonso Rivas, who's been playing a ton for the Cubs. And they had a big, big schedule on tap this week. Got him for $4 with a runner up of zero, dropped Rymel Tapia. That's the pure spec type thing. I think that's going to be it for me. Like the rest of my league, I really don't think I won much. Let me scroll this last one real quick. Yep, that'll do it. So those were my fab bids of the week. Not too much. We got a question in the chat, though, from James D. Is MJ Melendez the ad with Sal Perez on IR? 100% I I wanted MJ. I grabbed him a lot of places last week for cheap while I could. He had his first home run of the year on Tuesday, the dude can rake and they're playing them everywhere. They're playing them in the outfield, first base DH catcher. They want his bat out there. So that's my two cents. Maybe I'm wrong though. Toby is MJ Melinda's the ad with Sal Perez out?
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, if he's yeah. still available, his plate skills have been tremendous. I mean, yes. really unlucky really really right
1: now. Like the dude's going to start crushing baseballs.
2: Yeah. He's got 18.5% O swing and a 96.4% Z contact. And he's still managing managing to hit the ball like i guess relatively hard he is he's only a skosh above uh cabin biggio territory on the max ev he's only got the one barrel he probably has a second barrel today with that home run um so yeah i i think he's i think he's looking really good i think the quality of contact will be a is the question that i still have but we'll see what ends up happening there
1: yeah, just what we saw from him last year in the minors, and a little bit this year in the minors. Like, I just love the overall pedigree of that guy, and the fact that they're trying to play him everywhere. But even before Salvi's injury, I'm like, giddy up, let's go, let's let's have some fun here. Uh, our other listener question from our buddy Ben Tid, as you mentioned earlier, who are your guys' favorite closer specs at the moment? Well, I mentioned Bautista, Jimenez for Oakland. Those are the guys I've been kind of looking at. You went a little deeper. I'll I'll throw out Simber with Romano's injury. Simber is going to be getting he got another save on Tuesday he's got to look at, but uh, who are you looking at?
2: Yeah. I mean, Hansel, unfortunately again, um, you mentioned Bautista. I'm just lo- looking through the different teams. Uh, Brooks Raley. I mean, Kittredge has struggled a little bit um, recently. I think in three of the last four or three, of the last five, he's given up a run or multiple runs, but I think he'll have a long, long leash there. And he doesn't get all the, all the chances as is but Rayleigh already has i think 3 saves this year. Um so that's not nothing. Um there's what's his name the guy uh who got a save last week for Detroit who's oh, been really uh, good not Fulmer Vest but the other or guy Jest or something. Vest. Yeah, actually. Yeah, Vest,
1: I think. Yeah. yeah, I actually talked Vest, about him.
2: In Vest is looking line. good. Um you know in Minnesota like you know Duffy got it yesterday, even though Duran should have been available. So it'll be interesting to see how the save situations go there moving forward. I wouldn't go after Duffy necessarily, but you know, he did get a save. Uh, I think Rafael Montero is still a guy to keep an eye on with um, Presley just because the latest report I heard was that the Velo was back down again. So there are some maybe like there's a little bit of smoke there around potential Continued injury at the moment. Um, let's see. In Miami, maybe Dylan Floro. Um, although Cole Sulzer was in there again. Um, with uh, Let's see. Uh, Alex Diaz got the save today for the Reds um against cleveland although it was these in the are 10th
1: that these are such bad situations though it's just like oh you're gonna bang your head against i know oh mm-hmm. it's
2: it's it's gnarly it's ugly out there i said i said mantiply um yeah i think those are the only ones it's it's rough out there just remember next year to just draft closers in the first and second round and be done with it people
1: yeah it's like just go draft taylor rogers and jordan romano before he gets hurt and you're good it's simple Simple game. Easy game. Get Josh Hader if you want. Like, an easy game. I don't see what the problem is. I was easy <laughs> peasy. But, uh, and you know what's funny is you could ask this question every week. We'll play have different answers for you every week because there are going to be some random guys against Sage or some stupid injury. And now Clay Holmes will be worth it. So it'll be fun. Uh, stuff like that. So you'll have to kind of pencil it all together. But, Toby, this is a record for our show, by the way. A record time. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or do we want to wrap this one up early? Because – Honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, people, but the listeners let us down this week. Oh, man. Don't throw it back at the listeners, Bubba. Well, that's listen, usually listener question time. We like the last 20, cuts. 30 minutes, and we just go to throw it out there.
2: You know, I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm just looking forward to Garrett Cole tomorrow
1: at Baltimore. Uh, I recorded then, MLBDF. I, I, I recorded quick hits before this, and I saw Garrett Cole's matchup, and I got so giddy. I'm like, this is going to end poorly, isn't it? It's uh, going to guess- so poorly.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it probably will. But, but I guess, guess who, he, hey, who he has next week? Um, who? Baltimore
1: at home. I've got him again, back to back Baltimore. And
2: and at, at the Rays, and he always struggles against the Rays, so he'll obviously give it back there. But um, I'm excited about that. I got. I'm hoping I can use my does he...
1: again tomorrow. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of aces know. going. Ton of aces going on Wednesday. It's gonna be fun. Mm. Should be a good yeah.
2: deal. Dylan Cease continues to
1: just be great. Well, that's why we get Gossman on Wednesday to see Gossman, Burns, Freed, Cole, Scherzer, Giolito's back. We got all kinds of them. It's going to uh-huh. be glorious. Glorious day on the mound. Um, but we'll wrap, we'll wrap it up there. We'll wrap it up there. Make sure you guys check out Toby on the Twitter. They're at BatflipCrazy. I'm at BD Circle. We'll be back with you guys next week with another week fab, week eight fab recap, and much, much more on another episode of Bubba and the Batflip. But for now, Catch y'all later.